Welcome to Safety Help with Tony Collins. Join him to learn how to improve workplace safety to be legally compliant, win more contracts, and increase profits. Hi listeners and welcome back. This podcast is actually part of a series I have produced that explains how to set up your own safety system. The audio is taken from a video training course which is available for free from my website www.safetyhub.co.nz but you know I know some people like the podcast format which is probably you know why you're listening now but if you do prefer video or even want to buy the product that goes with the course it's all on the website and the details are there. Like any business practice we must plan and review to ensure that we are continuously improving our performance in health and safety. So we need to conduct a review of our performance now and then put a plan in place that will improve our performance. And it's a little bit like the chicken and the egg, which comes first. Well, in this case, the review does. And following the review, we'll put our plan in place and then the plan will include the need to do another review in time anyway. So what we're first going to do is conduct a performance review of your business. And we're, we're going to be measuring actual performance outcomes. Uh, we're, we're not after how flash your procedures look or how nice, maybe if you've got a health and safety manual at the moment, how nice it looks on the bookshelf. We're, we're after actual deliverables. Having done the review element, we will then move on to designing your annual health and safety plan. So how often should you be conducting a performance review? Apart from the first time when you do a benchmark, your plan will include the need for at least one review per year. You may need to conduct more reviews depending upon when you have achieved planned goals. You know, did you meet the original deadline? What were the barriers? Were were there particular people that were a barrier or lack of people, a lack of a budget? How can you improve your planning to make the goals more achievable or realistic? Another important review is can be made around how long it takes to put in place hazard controls or recommendations from investigations. For example, if the control was to replace a machine guard and your review found this wasn't completed, you would expect the guards to be fitted immediately. Or if the control was extra training for, for some reason, which your review found had not happened and would take some time, then you may decide to increase staff supervision. Another time to conduct a review is when feedback controls may not be working. Obviously, if people are, are telling you because you've developed this open reporting mechanism and and people feel they can talk to management, if they're telling you that uh, near misses are still occurring and, and comments are being made uh, that, that this thing's not working, then obviously a review needs to be made. Finally, a review should be conducted when controls are clearly not working. Your review may discover a trend in accident reports indicating the problem has not been properly fixed. For example, you could be having repeat injuries from the same type of incident. Obviously, you need to review your controls. How do we measure your performance then? Well, as I mentioned before, I'm going to take you through a process that will 
measure your current performance and then allow you to put that into your annual health and safety plan. But when, you're de- when you are determining your measures for your business performance in health and safety, you must make sure that you align it to your business plans and goals. There is no point picking goals that don't align. Now that may seem ob- obvious, but uh, it's amazing how many times that is not done. So what you need to be doing is when you're p- picking a performance measure, ask yourself a simple question. So what? What does that piece of information tell me? Now if you can't answer that question, then you don't need that measure. You're wasting your time with it. Alternatively, if you ask so what of that measure, and 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 it is definitely aligned to your business plan and where you want to go with your health and safety performance goals, then you need to be committed to doing something with the results of that measure. Meaning if, if it's a, a, a low result, then you need to be committed to improving it. Otherwise, there's no point measuring it. You might as well pack up and go. Let's talk about LTIs as an example. When measuring performance, I've seen so many people have measures which don't actually mean anything or worse still, can drive a bad behaviour. And one of the most widely abused measures is this thing called LTI, short for lost time injuries. Basically, a company measures how many man hours are worked and then whenever there is an injury, they can say we have had one injury in say one million man hours of work. The theory is if the rate is going down, then the company is getting safer and performing better. Companies even financially reward managers and their teams with a financial bonus if the rate is trending down. But what happens is that this measure can drive the reporting of injuries down. Someone would rather carry an injury than threaten the performance of their their team and the, the bonus that they'll receive. Some managers even start playing around with the definition of an injury. Uh, Head office may say an injury is when a worker has to go off site to a doctor, then you have to report it as an injury. So some managers may get in doctors to the workplace. The worker hasn't had to go off site. So therefore it doesn't meet the definition of an injury. And that's all because they're trying to protect the performance bonus of the team and themselves. Okay, so what that means is that the act of measuring LTIs could start to hide the near misses, these incidents that tell you that something something big can happen and it is a lost opportunity for learning. That's, that's why we do reporting. We want to learn and fix the problems before they become big. And there are many international disasters that have been traced back to this effect. So I'm not saying you shouldn't use LTIs, they have their place. But what we want to do is include them as part of our suite of measures, not the measures. So that's what I mean about making sure that you carefully pick your measures. An LTI is called a lag indicator, which tells you the cost and the outcome of things that went wrong. But what we're interested in is preventing accidents and injuries. So we need a different suite of measures to predict performance. And these are called positive performance indicators. And they're a little bit more difficult to get your head around because a lag indicator provides you know, solid 
information that you can base a decision on. For example, if an accident cost $1 million with damage to equipment and plan and, and people, then you can present a case saying, we need to fix this particular problem because it has already cost us $1 million. If we don't fix it, it could again. And you can make a, a, a justifiable case to invest time and money into that particular problem. But here's the tricky thing. Health and safety is all about making sure nothing happens. Right? You don't want to hurt anybody. You don't want to damage plant and equipment. So that is a little more difficult to justify to people who are going to approve investment in health and safety. How do you say to them, let's put time and money into these sorts of events to prevent that accident occurring? And more so, how, to, how do you prove that these measures are actually worthwhile? So what we need to do is when you're coming up with your performance measures, which will be the, the lag indicators and then the leading indicators or the positive performance indicators, that you agree that these measures are, are sound and uh, agreed amongst the team. There's no point changing your measures just because you're looking at the performance of the previous year. You need to buy into these positive performance indicators whether or not an accident is occurring. Remember, having the, uh, doing the activity that the measures are measuring may be preventing the accident. So what sort of measures are out there? What kind of measures can you use? Well, I'm going to provide some examples here. Um, there are plenty on the internet if you go looking for them. Um, the key though, once again, I want to reiterate, is you have to have, it, have, to have buy-in amongst the whole company within the business, and you need to do that by aligning to your business plan. So here are some ideas of indicators you may wish to consider. We've already talked about lost time injuries, but the total number of injuries the number of claims. And when we're talking about PPIs, the positive performance indicators, there's a risk of collecting so many that they don't actually mean anything to the, to the organization, to your company. And, and similarly, if you have unnecessary PPIs or irrelevant PPIs, or PPIs that over a period of time don't actually mean anything. So once again, here are some PPIs for you to consider. If these PPIs don't fit, then look on the internet and especially look for indicators in your industry. A lot of companies within your industry would have already done this work. Find out what measures they're using. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the annual plan before summarizing our action steps for the end of this chapter. Okay, now we're going to talk about your annual plan. Having determined the measures that you uh, deem important for your business, you need to test or run those measures against your current performance to baseline where you're at at the moment. Then you can put a plan in place. Now the idea of the plan is to achieve a number of outcomes. Obviously by benchmarking your performance, you can now determine and plan activities in order to increase your performance. But you can also make people accountable by assigning jobs or responsibilities to certain 
people or groups of people. Now, by assigning activities to people and holding people accountable at all levels, you're going to start and, and build trust within your team. The following sample plan is very basic, but it is a starting point for, for your own plan. We want to focus on actual actions or events that can be seen and not some waffly intangibles that you can't actually say, yes, we've achieved. Can you prove you've achieved that action? Assign a date, which is both realistic, but provides a bit of a challenge. And make sure responsibility is assigned to a person or group who can actually carry out the task. Action plans. Right, so what you need to do is go away and determine those performance measures that we talked about. Remember, it's important to focus on relevant measures rather than a whole bunch that don't mean anything. Having determined your measures, you then need to run them against your current performance to find out how you your, your baseline for your performance, and then sit down and come up with an annual plan which will improve that performance. This has been another episode on Workplace Safety by Tony Collins. For more tips, visit safetyhub.co.nz and join the free newsletter.